Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. Hey, y'all. Today we have Heather Johnston. Heather, welcome. Thank you. Heather's like my podcasting idol. She's she steps ahead of me. So I asked her if she would come on the podcast today. I'm baby steps ahead of you. That's what I think. <laughs> it seems like a lot though. So Heather and I met through an online group and I was reading on your website, Heather, about you used to work in IT. Is that how you started off? Well, really, I, I say that most of my career was spent in um, local government. Really? I've always worked. Yeah, I know. It's kind of, and NIT was in local government too, but I've always spent time working with highly analytical groups of people. Okay. So, you know, as whether they're engineers or scientists or, you know, technology kind of gurus, you know, programmers and database mm -hmm very analytical, very often introverted. And I'm introverted, yeah. but I'm like that extrovert, introvert kind of, mm -hmm. I'm not totally combo, but I, I love people, yeah. but then they drain me, you know, <laughs> like I love things, but then I need my quiet time. But I actually in school was, it was all public policy and specifically kind of natural resource policy. So I started working in local government, um, soon after graduating from college. Yeah, I did a brief stint in uh, the legal world. I kind of was like, oh, maybe I'll do pre-law. I work with some lawyers. I'm like, no, no, this is not, yeah. I'm not interested in that. But I still loved, um, I loved being not the scientist. <laughs> I, my, and I always saw this role of myself as you can wear your waders out in a pond and take all the data and all that bring it back to me. Let me tell the story. Like that was always yeah. kind of being a storyteller in one way or another. The last um, eight, nine years of my kind of career. So I had left my job in 2019. So pre-COVID, it wasn't a COVID like, uh, I don't want to be here anymore. It was really something that kind of hit me. I had been working, um, doing technology project management and um, leading an IT desk. So I was like the head of all the tech support specialists at the city that I worked at. Yeah, and so like not a very creative job, but maybe, <laughs> maybe it was. I tried to bring creativity into it, but really mm -hmm. what I had found out and I ended up leaving and we'll talk about this because I was completely burnt out. Yeah. Um, you, when you are at the height of your burnout, you are not able to really even think of being creative. 
-hmm. the last, you think that's work, like everything becomes work outside of like your job. Yeah. It's just survival mode. Yeah. You're in survival mode. It's like coming home, you know, from work and having say like, what's for, you know, I have two teenage daughters. So what's for dinner? What are we having? Blah, blah. And it just became a like, everyone wants something from me. Like that's just how, because when you're in burnout, your emotions are in control. You are reactive. It's very hard to be, um, you know, just kind of really putting any foundations in place. And as someone that worked in technology and I was a project manager, like I felt like I could barely at the point, you just stop, you start dropping little things. So I was like, okay, well, this project is running. I have like, I would hold on to these projects within work because I knew those had to be super organized and all of that. Mm -hmm. But then that became a draining activity too. But of course it was always when you're burnt out, you're like, oh, well, this person's not doing their job and I'm doing so much. You become very selfish, very self-centered. Yes, you are the victim. No one else is working as hard as you. It is, and it's all, as I've learned, it's just your mind playing tricks on you. It is just, it's, um, you can't react in any sort of positive way after a while. And Mm -hmm. your family, at least mine, got really tired of the venting session that would happen. Like I'd come home. And then it would so you be hold this. it together. Oh, work. you hold it together. You and then you smiles. Get home and- <laughs> you get home and it just comes out and, and you know, it, it's almost like you're up here going, why are you unloading all of this stuff? Which is why therapy is actually very helpful to not put a bandaid of a therapist on your, you know, like your family being that, yeah. um, Heather, but really, you know, sorry, did oh, you go know ahead. Um, I think I just, I realized later, Okay. I knew the term. I didn't realize that's what was happening. What I, I knew I needed to make a change. I had no clue what that looked like. Um, so I would say in early kind of 2019, I had I had talked to my boss, he, you know, and he actually felt like you are doing too much stuff, but would then say, but I don't have anyone else to do it. Right. You know, and yeah, and that was like, yeah. And that's also, I would say as just a per, you know, as a manager myself within that, you know, I had my department director above me and then, um, so I reported directly to him and then had this team to me, it is, um, it is something that I felt, okay, yeah, I'm not complaining to him about this, but what I would do is say, here's everything I'm responsible for that you have asked me to do. Yeah. And I just got to the point all of a sudden, and it was kind of like a, you know, therapist had kind of suggested you need to write out everything you're doing because your brain is not letting you see the full picture. And when I saw the full picture, um, I think it was doing like an annual performance review or those kind of things that we have, you have to fill out like everything you do. So it was a good timing. Mm -hmm. And I laid out everything and he was like, I didn't realize you did all of this. (laughs) And that was kind of something of, he's like, 
do you need to? Are you like, did you make that decision? Because yeah. some of it was like in your mind, you're like, this is what I have to do here. And as I started to go through, I was like, well, who would do this? And he's like, well, why don't you delegate that to someone? Oh, yeah. But but there's this weird in between. I don't know of other managers when they're kind of like middle management, right? So they're kind of stuck in the middle of having their team below them, having a person to report to mm-hmm. above them and kind of wanting to please both sides. Yeah. It's very, you know, I, I think that even my manager felt that same way because he had, you know, at least his direct person that Mm -hmm. he had to report to was our city manager. So basically like the top of the top, and that's a very different reporting structure. If you're like a department director versus, um, people working within the department, but it was, you're You're trying to please the people above you. You're trying to please the people below you. Yeah. And it becomes something of, um, when I was writing everything down and realizing I was like, this is not serving me, you know, that servant leadership style. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they say the perfect example of a servant leader, you know, when I was studying this in, um, in graduate school was they're like, Jesus Christ was a per- was, is our example of a servant leader. You're behind your team. You're helping them push. You're doing, you're mm-hmm. giving of yourself yeah, for the greater good. And, um, but I'm not, I'm not Jesus. And, um, you know, I don't pretend to be, and I'm also not one to kind of be a martyr for others. I don't want to, um, to push the model of self-sacrifice for the greater good. I don't think that's a healthy team environment. So when I realized I had kind of inadvertently put myself into that role, wanting everyone's happiness ahead of my own. Uh That was when I realized I have to do something. And so slight shortly after I think having that conversation and going over everything, I went to my manager and I said, um, I think I might be looking for what's next. I, I had no clue what that meant. I just knew that just saying it was almost breathing you know, um, kind of a sense of relief into me oh by just my putting stomach it just dropped when you said that, like, did you yeah. have to build yourself up to do that? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I also, I was so worried when you work in tech, you know, in technology and that, even though there's lots of other women within our, the city and, you know, so I, it's not like I didn't have female coworkers, but primarily like the team I led the only other woman in that team was like our administrative assistant for our mm-hmm. department. Everyone else was male. The other people on our kind of leadership team within our department were men. Um, we Not started like to have a partner. few women, but they mainly worked on like, I would say communication projects and those kind of things. Like right. there were very few highly kind of technical. And I kind of had to always bridge that gap of technical and business, you know, like be the liaison, explain the geek speak, as I used to call it to just like, you know, the city attorney and explain like, oh, this is how this program works. And this is why we're doing it. Cause we would have, I would have to manage contracts and all those kind of things on top of everything as part of a project. Did you worry that they would think you couldn't hang? Like, was there a part of you that was like, I think there's always that kind of thing. I think that's maybe something 
I know not all women feel, but I think there's always that kind of, you know, boys world. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I live in Portland, Oregon, we're kind of like liberal, liberal bubble over here. So I'll, you know, as much as a lot of people are like, oh, we're equal. I don't eat Mm -hmm. in the working world. There are still cultural norms that as much as we want to say, aren't there we put ourselves into whether we like it or not, how we were raised, wanting to take care of everyone. Um, Extreme individualism is one of those things. Like I don't need help. I'm fine. And that's a pride thing. I think burnout comes down to really being thinking that it's weak to ask someone for help. So when I went to my department director and he was very, he's very approachable, you know, that kind of like, he really wants to be friends with people there's that weird kind of in between of like wanting to be friends versus needing to be a boss. Yeah. And so when I came to him and said, I think I'm looking for something else, or I'm not sure what that means. And maybe we can have some conversations. I just wanted to let you know, he was very supportive, but I don't know if that's what I needed him to be. I think I kind of, I wanted him to fight, (laughs) you know, like I wanted him to say, Oh no, we're going to do whatever we need to do to keep you here and blah, blah. And he I was don't more, like it. That's how I would feel. He was more in the friend role. Yeah. You know, like more like, Oh, we're, we're friends here, buddy, buddy. And I'm like, no, this is not like we're having lunch with the crew and we're kind of yeah. social. This is like, you are my director. I'm laying out a path for if I stay here, what this looks like, or if I leave what that looks like. And, um, I think he was just like, whatever you want. And I was like, no, I don't need that from you right now. I I can't, I don't know what I want. That's the problem. I need someone else to take a piece. I'm like, here, you, you look at your department, you look at what I'm doing. You look at what others are doing. I'm happy to work on a plan for what that looks like, but yeah, you know, we can't depend on somebody else, I guess. At the time, yeah. you want him to tell you what the answer is, but yeah. So yeah, it was very, I was going to say that when I let, so it got down to a point of um, just deciding I had said, okay, this, this is my plan. Either we, I go down to like 20 hours a week. Like, let's uh-huh. look at this part-time. And within that I can do project management or I can do this other thing. It was basically like these things. And I think it came, it just came down to, for him, he was so afraid to pick sides. He was afraid that if he said yes to me, he'd have to say yes to everyone. And I understand that, but I also think that, um, he just didn't know how to process. Yeah. But it made your job, it made it easier. Right. Cause then you were like, okay. Yeah. And then I just was like, okay, then I'm going to leave. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Call your husband during your break or how did you, how did you break the news? He knew, he knew that I had been talking to him. He was very afraid, um, you know, that I was just going to quit one day. Yeah. But what I did do is I, you know, I told my boss, I'm like, here is the date that I'm leaving. And it was months in you know, months away. Um, I had a big trip plant when we could still travel. We, yeah. we were going for three weeks in, um, to Scotland and England in, um, June, June, mm-hmm. July. 
And I said, so here's my plan. I am going to pretend going up to that vacation that I'm closing up shop. I'm wrapping up the projects. Yeah. I'm working with you on who they go to. If you're going to hire someone else for this position, I am here right now to help with the hiring, to train. If there's someone else in the department you want me to help them with, you know, on taking over some of these things, if there's someone else that's going to transfer in, whatever that looks like. And um, he kept thinking I was going to change my mind. Yeah. And I don't think he did the victory. Yeah. (laughs) So before I went on vacation, I went to HR, I did all my final paperwork. And the idea was that I would come back for a week after vacation, just for like what came up. So it was almost like it was a, what came up while I was gone? What, what new questions do you have like to wrap things up? Yeah. And I, did you feel on your trip? Were you just light as a feather and skipping through Scotland? I tried to, it was very hard for me because it was the, and this is also burnout city. It's the first vacation I'd ever taken where I removed my email app from my phone. Wow! I did not check email. I told everyone I'm not checking email. If this is an emergency, there was one person. Well, actually two, cause my, my, my director had my cell phone number, you know, my personal cell phone mm-hmm. number, not my work, but I was like, you can message me um, if there's an emergency, but there shouldn't be because I spent all this time, (laughs) you know, like saying, here's where this is moving files so that there was nothing. I'm like, if someone wants to use my space, use it. I had like pretty much packed everything ready to go. Like it was in boxes. It was just kind of all ready to go for when I got back. But you didn't have a plan like going, did you have a plan going forward? Like I might do this. I think I was just going to like take a little break and then get another job. Okay. Really that's like in my mind, that's where I was. I just needed a break. That's what I need to concentrate on. Um, They still hadn't hired anyone for my position. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and everyone I worked with was really worried about that. You know, and then the person inside of me thought, well, maybe I should stay like, you know, it was that same thing of like, I need to take care of these. These are my people. These are, this is my team. Like they're, they've counted on me. I think that's huge, Heather. As soon as you make a huge decision like that, a lot of times the universe will test you and like, are you sure they need you? You want to be needed, right? It's like buyer's remorse kind of a thing. Like you say it and then you're like, oh my gosh, you know, what is happening? And so I came back from vacation and the, they were all like, oh, we're so glad you're back. You know, we asked all these questions and um, people kept saying, wait for Heather to get back. Oh, and I was man. like, everybody had, like, there was nothing you asked that wasn't either in my, you know, knowledge base. Like, here's all the yeah. things here's how you do everything and looking and they're like but we panicked because we were there I had coddled you know some of them yeah they were so used to being able to wait for me to give an answer and um and when I came back my boss was like so you're gonna stay now right you had a nice long vacation and you're all refreshed and all of that and Mm. I said yeah no and you know, and he was like, oh, 
I thought, I mean, I didn't believe that you weren't going to check your email, but you didn't check your email because <laughs> I emailed you. And I said, yeah. And I didn't even check it last night, which I always would also do. Uh-huh. It's like, say, wait late before you go back on vacation, you know, come back from vacation. You're like, no surprises. I was like, no, they're prepared. They know. So I came back to like an eight o'clock meeting scheduled and all like my week scheduled out. And I sat in the meetings and I just kind of repaid it back to them. I said, I'm leaving this position. Here's where that information is. Here is who I've already done a pass, you know, down. Here is the plan that's mm-hmm. been signed off by my manager of who's doing what, you know, everyone knows that I'm working and what I'm doing. And I said, and if eventually you do hire, I mean, I fa- part of the thing was, I think some budget things, you know, it was able to save money on budget. And even back in that time, budget issues were kind of starting to, yeah, you know, it's government, there's always budget issues. So by having a vacant position in your budget, that's always something to be like, okay, well, we we're saving this money this year because we're not, we're not feeling it, but we don't want to get rid of that position because right. getting rid of it doesn't make you look like you're saving it. All of a sudden your budget just goes way down Yeah, and, and now, and you can't, it's harder to add it back. But that was their problem. <laughs> that was their problem. Yeah. And so it was like, no. And I, you know, met with payroll and the payroll lady was like, yeah, you're leaving. Right. Cause I, I was confirming and we didn't get that, you know, he was like, Oh, maybe you'll change your mind. And she's like, and for her, for payroll, she, she's like, Heather's not changing her mind. That's right. She's, she's leaving, you know? And so it really was the thing that as I, after I left, I did, like, I woke up the next day and it was one of the best feelings I've ever had. Oh, and I think it was not the feeling of not working. It right. was the feeling of choosing me, choosing yeah. myself. And I think, you know, whether you're a mother or not, there are just so many things. And I know there's men that feel the same way, but I think there's in something powerful when you choose yourself and you're not feeling selfish. Yeah. There's not this guilt feeling that -hmm. comes over you. And I think that's every time I thought about doing that in the past, there was guilt, whether it was, I'm not making a good choice for my family. I'm not making a good choice, you know, for my husband, I'm not making, but it was like, but what I'm doing right now is not a good choice for me, Yeah, but it wasn't valued as high you know, at that point in time. So it, to me, it's like your soul is smiling. You know, you, you know, that that was the right choice because you just feel it inside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I was, let's see it's like, oh, the, the years go by. I was 46. Okay. So, you know, summer of 2019 and I did start applying for jobs, you know, after I took about a month. I was like, I'm taking a month. I'm not applying. I, this is like a vacation yeah. and I'm taking a month. My husband's a teacher. My kids are. in. so at that point it was still summer vacation. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the time with all of you. It's like, when you go back to work, my husband, you know, starts up for yeah. the school year. That's when I'll start. But okay. for right now, it's, just, and so we did, we just kind of enjoyed not knowing what the summer of 2020 was going to be like, but we just kind of enjoyed <laughs> having this summer 
of of freedom which we had never had as a family yeah that freedom is huge yeah and so it was and it wasn't just a freedom of time of being on vacation but it was always that I didn't have the dread necessarily Uh of something I had opportunity yeah and so when I started looking at jobs and kind of applying for them and all of that I really was um trying to listen to what I wanted Mm-hmm. I hadn't done the burnout work totally. I kind of, it's still in the, in my head. I was like, I got rid of the stressors. Burnout's gone. That's all you need. You just, I, that's, it's not correct, but I learned that later. Yeah. But it really was about um, trying to listen to my intuition. And as a person that always worked with super analytical, super mm-hmm. not touchy feely people. Yeah. Um. I always kind of believed in that more. I always believed and they would say, trust your gut. And I was like, that's just like listening to your intuition. We're just trying to, you know, like, oh, my stomach feels weird when I do. I'm like, it's the same thing. You know, your body reacts in different ways. Did you journal or was it through a therapist or how did you try to listen to your inner? Um, I journaled, which was something that I did in college. And I kind of stopped journaling when I met my husband. Yeah. You know, um, I think it was also because, you know, it's that early stages when I met my husband, I had moved from Washington state to California. I was kind of on my own own with just a few people, but it really was this being able to explore, Uh really go after what you want. And, and I journaled a ton during kind of the early days of college and going in And I felt very calm. And what happened was I gave up on, I stopped journaling Mm -hmm. and I used to craft and be very creative and, you know, try anything. I was not afraid to be bad at art. Didn't want to be bad in the professional world, but I was okay to be messy and bad with art and learn. But once I had kids, it kind of became, you know, art and creativity was more of like, a thing to do with your kids. It wasn't, it was, oh, coloring with them, painting with them, but it wasn't, I didn't realize the time to myself that I had given up. That's like Brown says, you just do your little arts and crafts. I've got a J-O-B job, but then she realized how much, how important it was. Oh, they're so, yeah. I mean, I love I always say like, oh, I love Brene because, you know, I'm in my head. I'm a first name basis with Brene Brown. I just love, you know, I'm like Brene said on her podcast, um, <laughs> you know, all those kind of things. But I had given up on all the, all my creative outlets. Yeah. You lost yourself. I lost myself and I still hadn't totally gotten my art stuff out, gotten my journals completely out, but I started writing. Mm-hmm. I started thinking back to remembering what I used to kind of love in my twenties, like early Mm twenties. Um, and really saying like, what did I want to do? Where did I see myself going? Um, you know, I always wanted to be a mom. I knew that from a very early, I wanted to have kids and that. So it would never was as much as when they were little, I definitely had like little kid burnout Mm -hmm. and I can't imagine having younger kids right now I oh that would be so hard yeah um (laughs) going through all of this but as I started kind of applying you know like interviewing for jobs 
I, you know, I'd answer the questions and, but I'd feel it in my gut. Like I'd walk out and it was a very different feeling from ever having those feelings before. And I felt like, wow, like, I feel like my heart's on my sleeve. Like they can tell, they can tell this is not, yeah. And I was always like game time put your game face on, uh-huh. you know, I was like that, like, you have to come to work with your game face on, yeah. you might have things going on at home, but you have to. And now I, you know, went through a couple of those and I think it was right around December of 2019 mm-hmm. when I just yeah. was like, nothing's happening here with John. Like I was starting to really be like, why do I feel so icky? I would in, you know, I was going in for jobs and all of that. And I think it was really then where I kind of had a breakthrough and um, started kind of reaching out for coaching Yeah. to, to realize that I had given up all these things that I had loved and that I was still operating family first. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a job, but it was that it was like, I need to, I need to get a job. Why am I, you know, now it was all negative. I'm like, why am I not excited about these kind of like opportunities that are out there? Why is this not working for me? It just becomes very much of like, I never had a problem ever being, you know, like looking for jobs before. And that was because I was willing to take anything before. Right. You wanted to be wanted. (laughs) I wanted to be wanted. And now it was like, nope, that's not the job for me. And I was kind of turning things down that I knew wasn't right. And other things I'm just like, this is not a good fit. I can tell. Um, how did you find a coach? Like, I know a lot of listeners are like, well, that would be nice, but where do I find one? I really started just going to Facebook and looking online and, um, you know, it was something. And also I'll say, cause we both have listened to Kathy Heller's don't keep your day job. Yeah. And I think that there was a lot of people that she has interviewed on that, that are Mm -hmm. in kind of the coaching world. Now that price point of the people she interviews is not my coaching price point, yeah. but she normalizes really, it there. So that yeah. she like, oh, a coach. Okay. I'll get one. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like something that I can, um, you know, I could do. And I only had a couple sessions, but it was very like, what I found is that they asked me a question and this question changed everything over, you know, just a couple sessions. Um, they said, until you get to the point of seeing yourself as a sure thing versus seeing a job with a salary as a sure thing, then you're never going to move past where you are right now. Wow. Like when you have a choice between a day job, like a salaried position with Mm -hmm. benefits and all of that and doing interesting work. And you have the choice of creating your own thing and doing that. You should be able to have them be level and say that no matter what I'm choosing myself, even if I'm choosing this day job, it has to feel right. I'm choosing it for me because that's my path. Or if I don't, I'm choosing myself because I can also find a way to bring in money to help my family, to do all the things that I need to do. There's always a way it Mm -hmm. might not be the way that you, you know, have seen. And that's really where I kind of dug in and I, 
started doing some art classes when, cause you still could. And in January of 2020, um, I took this art class and it was one of those ones I went, I was like one of the, there were maybe two of us that didn't have a group of people there with them, you know, like a girl's afternoon <laughs> yeah. kind of a thing. And which is very weird. Cause I was not normally a person that would just go in by myself. Cause right. I tend to not always talk in groups where I don't know people, but I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And it was this, um, polymer clay jewelry class. Okay. And I fell in love with it. Oh. And I fell in love with the idea of being in this room with this group of women and really feeding off their creative energy. Uh-huh. And there's just something meditative about clay yeah. of like rolling it and forming it and just softening uh-huh. the clay and working with tools and kind of, and the first things that I put out, I was like, oh, those are okay. Ridiculously huge. Like the earrings I made were like, <laughs> like these giant power earrings that I never would have worn. Um, but, but I think I came alive in this class. Yeah. And I think I created them because I was like, but I want to be. I want to be the woman that puts on those power earrings and is having fun no matter where she goes. I love it. Like really speaking to herself. And after that, that's why I created uh, the creative pivot. I had sense now. Yeah. I had a creative mindset pivot, which is really the most important. I think you need to have that mindset pivot before you can pivot anywhere else with your career, your life, traveling, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, and burnout is a big part of it too, right? You, I know you've had uh, groups where you talked about burnout and y'all read a burnout book and because mm-hmm. so many women don't give themselves permission to be creative and to take time that it takes to be creative. I have found that one of the most, um, kind of special things that you can create. And it actually did come, I have my, my burnout book here with lots and lots of post-its, but it came from the idea of creating a love bubble. Yeah. So, you know, like a love bubble is a, is a, like a circle of trust. It's a place where you can, um, speak your truth. Mm Mm-hmm. And part of, at first I was like, oh, I'm going to do this course on burnout and blah, blah. And I was like, burnout's too personal to me. Yeah. Burnout is something, it's still a work in progress. Mm -hmm. I am not steps ahead yet of anyone else in this group, but I know the power behind having a group where you speak your truth Yeah. and other women in that same group are like, okay, that is me. Yeah. That is what I'm feeling. That's the term huge. burnout is not always recognized though. I don't think, like you said, like you don't always realize it until after the fact yeah. of what, because burnout pushes you to, um, it's kind of like hitting rock bottom mentally mm-hmm. because it really impacts your mental health yeah, and it, your family and your family, your physical health. I mean, yeah. I was having migraines all the time, all these physical kind of things of, burnout can cause depression to start to, if you have anxiety for it to ramp up, if you have any of these issues and you start to become the, the Eeyore, the Eeyore Mm -hmm. of the group, you're always Mm -hmm. seeing negative things. Your brain turns off to possibility and to opportunities. 
And by starting this kind of this group and we're going to have it again, I'm going to kind of kick it off again, but the book it's called burnout, the secret to unlocking the stress cycle. Yeah, it's from the, it's so good. Yeah. At the Nagowski sisters. So Emily and Amelia Nagowski, they also were, and I like to say I'm ahead of the times because I was talking about this book before Brene Brown had I was on their say. podcast. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, I'm just like way ahead of Brene. Um, <laughs> they, but this book, I think realized the things I already kind of had figured out. Yeah. But you saw it in black and white, but I saw it in black and white. And the biggest thing to me, the biggest way that really pivoted my mindset from this book. Cause I, like I said, you hit all these different points mm-hmm. of needing to pivot. It had so much less between what I decided to do and being open to just step into new opportunities mm-hmm. if it feels right. Yeah. Because once you figure out how to handle stress, because no matter what, you are you're gonna have stress in your life. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, you can easily stress yourself out working, you know, way too many hours, way more hours. Did you, you know and, before the pandemic started? <laughs> no. Yeah. I didn't. Um, I had read articles and read all these things and I, I had heard of the book because it's been out since 2019 too, I think. And, um, so when I really, I started reading some things from them, you know, from Mm -hmm. this book and kind of seeing stuff and that, so it was during the pandemic when it really, when I was like, you know what, stress is all around us. You don't need a job. You might have a job you love. You could still be burnt out and it's going to impact. That is so the job true. you love. I realized, and this was a huge thing for me, I think, to admit to myself is that I could have stayed in the position yeah. I was in. Um, and so part of me is like, I wish I knew before. But, but when you're that separation to no, yeah, when you're so deep in the burnout, mm-hmm. you think you just need like no. this is done. You know, this phase is done. I'm going to go off and do my own thing. And I didn't know what that looked like. Was it Mm -hmm. art retreats? Was it other things? And, and I'm still pivoting. No, I love that. I was just talking to to you about it before the podcast started. And so you've pivoted at least a couple of times, right? Since you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the earring thing was always something in the jewelry and Mm -hmm. making clay that was kind of the, what started the whole creative pivot thing. That was my journey of like, you get in touch with your creative mind, you open up. It is a way to relieve stress. Yeah. It is something that, um, I think many women, they, they don't see themselves as a creative because mm-hmm. that term has kind of been taken over by mm-hmm. they're not you an know, graphic designers or yeah, you're not, Oh, well you, I'm a creative. So this is how my mind works. And in my mind, I'm like, everyone is a creative. Yeah. They just might not know yet. Everyone can tap into their creativity. And when you're stressed, having that as an outlet to open up your mind, to evaluate your current situation Uh from a part of your mind that you probably is like locked super tight, Mm -hmm. you know, to playfulness to, you know, thinking for like what you really want without 
taking in things. It's really, it's like kind of the inner child work. It just cracks you, know, but you open. It cracks you open and it opened my mind to say, you can kind of do whatever you want as long as you don't stop taking care of yourself first. It's yeah. the whole, put your, you know, if you're in a plane, you put your mask on first mm -hmm. because if you pass out from trying to get it on your kid, you're not there to help them. There's right. always someone that you might be responsible for, but you're responsible for yourself first and then you can take care of everyone else. Amen. I'm going to repeat that. You have to put your own oxygen mask on first. Otherwise, you're not going to be good for helping anybody else, much less yourself. All right. So now I want to talk about um, Heather's pivoting. She's done quite a few different things. So here we go. I love that you're saying you figure it out as you go. Like you thought burnout was kind of your thing and you still like it, but you missed the IT work. And so you're constantly evolving. You're constantly evolving and the closer you get to, I think, what your real kind of zone of genius is, um, you push through some upper limits. You push through the doubting kind of Thomases in your head, the doubting thoughts. Those are the ones that make you feel, I think, and everyone goes through this when you're not sick, you know, you're not physically ill but you feel really like your energy is really low and you're mm -hmm. and you know, and you're like, something's just down. And with women, we also have hormone, you know, hormonal mm -hmm. kind of balances. And then you hit a certain age and they're all out of whack. Mm -hmm. But once you kind of get through some of those things and you're like, why is my energy so low? It's usually for me, it's because I'm about to push through something and really get to something that I love but there's old stories that are holding me back of why I can't for technology. It was, that was tied to brain burnout. Yeah. That work was tied to burnout. And when I was able to separate and said, the burnout was tied by you not being able to deal with stress. Yes. By you not taking care of your health, by you not putting anything, you know, putting everyone and everything ahead of you. That's what caused the burnout. Yeah. It wasn't the day job. It wasn't that you weren't following your true calling. Those kind of things, they come as you do the work, yeah. as you release the stress. Journaling is a stress release, you know, huge How stress are your migraines now? release for me. Oh, I haven't had a, I mean, I haven't had a headache, a migraine <laughs> in forever. When you name something, this is the cause. Um, mm -hmm. And I think going through pivots and being, oops, sorry, and being open to change. Yeah. Um, you get really good at naming what is causing this problem in my mind and my heart right now. And like you said, journaling, you get it out yes. on paper and it's like yeah. cleaning up your attic. Yeah. Yeah. It really, you know, doing morning pages, but also for me doing a nighttime brain dump. Oh, that's so if you are an analytical kind of, you know, I've always now, I didn't know I had this, but I always had social anxiety of some point. Like when I was little, I think about things I went through as a kid. I was like, why did I react that? You know, so worried about other people's responses. Mm -hmm. Going, Okay. If I go to this party, who's going to be there? And what am I going to talk about? Yeah. And it would just become this big bundle of anxiety. I didn't know that's what it was. My, you know, I, my mm -hmm. mom called me a worry wart. Yeah. She's like, you're just a worry wart. You worry all the time. Stop worrying. I'm like, I don't know what that means. 
<laughs> the recipe burnout. <laughs> so it's like all these things that are just part of my personality, you know, start coming out and doing a brain up at night, especially if you're older, because as you get older, sometimes the insomnia and other things are yes. your sleep. Yeah. Doing a brain up at night to try to get all the to do's that you didn't get done in the day on a piece of paper and out of your head. That's so, so good because otherwise like there's a lot of, you know, there's some memes and other things where it's like your, your bed is a magical place that makes you remember all the things you forgot to do in the day. That is so true. So maybe yeah. just get a notebook and lay there. And as you're thinking about those things, just jot them down. Like, okay, now at least I have them. I yeah. have them ready to go. All of this mm -hmm. is part of my journey. So, you know, as far as what's next, really helping people with their technology, working with coaches and kind of wellness, um, kind of service providers, people in that mm -hmm. mental health, like really improving, but also, um, you know, I really, I really do miss public sector. I yeah. really do miss that, that work. Yeah. And so I'm kind of just seeing what that looks like as far as like, do I take a day job again? We'll have to have you do back I and see this? how you pivot over the next year. Well, now that I have um, skills, like yeah. having worked on yourself and having skills to deal with things, yeah, I don't think it's an either or anymore. That's and I true. used to always see it's mm -hmm. an either or. I don't think it is an either or. Yeah. I think you, you can try whatever you want to try. And if it's not working out for you or it's not moving, you just decide like, this is the, this is the amount of time I'm going to put towards it. I'm mm -hmm. going to give it a chance. You get beyond the beginner. You always yeah. have to be on the beginner. Heather, you have dropped, takes you. you dropped so many pearls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look forward to typing these up. Yay. And where can people find you? What's the name of your website? So my website is thecreativepivot.com. Yeah. So they can go there and they can find, and I do still work with like creative life coaching and those kind of things, yeah. but I also love working with people on like building their website, helping kind of tell their story, which is why I love the podcast and yeah. why I love kind of encouraging other women to do podcasts. Cause it's about telling women's stories. Yeah. Um, getting in touch with your creativity, you know, there, but then also following me on Instagram, Heather B, just the letter B Johnston. And I put links to the other things that I do on there. And then I have a Facebook group called the, it's called creative pivoters. So it's all about women kind of just wanting to be, you don't need to start a business. You can have your own, you know, your day job and all of that. But really I do think it's getting in touch with your creativity and recognizing stress and burnout and finding ways to kind of creatively work through yeah. those. I'm in that group. So y'all come join. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I'm glad we got to have this conversation. Thanks, Heather. That was awesome. Here's the take home messages from Heather. Number one, when you're burned out, everything feels like a struggle. Cooking dinner, answering questions, finishing a project, everything drains you. Number two, Heather says it's easy to become self-centered with a victim mentality and think everything and think that it's everyone's fault but your own. When you're like this, you can't act in a positive way. The negativity leaches out and affects everything in your life. 
Number three, Heather wrote out all the tasks she was doing at work because her brain wasn't letting her see the whole picture. You and your boss or family may not realize how much you're doing. Ask yourself if you really need to be doing all that. Can you delegate? Number four, servant leadership style, which is like giving of yourself for the greater good, worked well for Jesus. But when we try to do it, it quickly becomes self-sacrifice and martyrdom. Can't say that word. Recognize if you're putting everyone's happiness above your own. Number five, the universe might test you after you make a big step forward. It's like when Heather's boss was like, please stay, and she felt like they needed her so badly. It feels good to be needed, but be strong. Number six, choose yourself. Heather describes feeling this way the morning after she quit. She knew in her heart she was not being selfish. She didn't feel guilty. She was choosing herself. Number seven, it's easy to lose ourselves in our careers and the roles we play. Heather remembered what she used to love in her 20s. She picked up writing again and began working with clay and making jewelry. Creative energy fuels your soul. Number eight, if you're feeling a sick feeling in your gut when you're at a job interview, listen to it. This icky feeling is your inner self trying desperately to tell you that this is not the path for you. Number nine, until you see yourself as a sure thing, instead of seeing a job with a salary as a sure thing, you won't be happy. No matter what, choose yourself. Even if you end up taking the job, it needs to feel right down into your core. Number 10, mindset pivots need to happen before actual pivots. Number 11, burnout can cause physical symptoms like Heather's migraines. You become like Eeyore and the negative feelings cloud everything in your life. You can't see the positive in anything. Your brain shuts off to possibility. Number 12, everyone is a creative. Having creativity as an outlet opens your mind up to your current situation. Your mind is locked tight to playfulness and possibility, but creativity will crack it open. Number 13, you're responsible for yourself first, even before your family and children. This doesn't make you a diva. Number 14, ask yourself if you're making up excuses about why it's not your time yet again. Number 15, when you notice a painful emotion or a physical symptom, name it and ask yourself what's causing this. If you can journal or do a nighttime brain dump, like I have a headache, I'm stressed about blah, 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 and just write it out, you'll be shocked what you see and it'll help um, get those worries out of your head and onto paper. Number 16, It's okay to have more than one passion. Explore your creativity while you're still at your day job. Thanks again, Heather. That was... Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. If you like this podcast and think someone else could benefit, please share it. I'd also love for you to write a review on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify or Apple. And lastly, if you would like more of the same, come over to my website, hopethepa.com. Thank y'all for listening.